You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Um, Shu and I had the pleasure of going to ACC Media Day here recently, so we figured we'd kind of come together, talk a little bit about that. We got to talk to the players, uh, so we'll have some audio clips in there. We'll break down a little bit about what um, head coach John Shire was talking about, just kind of recap the, the event right quick. Um, then we might talk a little bit about some quote-unquote secret scrimmage that recently happened today with Villanova, do a fun little over-unders as we get ready to to lead into the season here. Um, that being said, Shu, our second year here at Media Day, what was kind of your overall kind of takeaways, um, expectations kind of heading in, being a, being a veteran this time? What stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was in a different location, so it wasn't as familiar, you know, as last year, but same kind of setup. We you know, show up, register, um, went to the the media workroom, saw Brennan, um, just kind of got our thoughts together before we headed into the main ballroom to to listen to to John and the guys come on. Um, I mean, it's kind of the same setup as it was last year, you know, for the most part. I, I did think it was awkward to where they had the uh the the ACC set right there as we had to like walk by to go get yeah, lunch or weird. whatever. But I think that might have been on purpose just to make it cl- create the illusion that there's, you know, a lot happening going on yeah. at the place. Yeah. I will say they do a pretty good job of kind of going all out for these things. Like the whole like hotels decked out with ACC media day stuff, um, provide you with meals and all of that. Everyone's super cool, super nice, pretty laid back atmosphere. Um, yeah. Shout out to Brandon, ran into him. Um, what from John's press conference? Uh, obviously, that's that's live public. Y'all can go watch that. We're not going to pull any audio from that since that's already been out there. You can check out, um, you know, go Duke or Duke men's basketball. They have all that stuff for you. Um, anything that he said that might have stuck out to you, um, Shu, what's sitting there listening to that? I know we talked a little bit about not having lively, talked about having some continuity. Um, what what's it out to you? I know you got a question in, so yeah, um, yeah. So uh, definitely the the question about you know the defense this year. I think that was on our all, all of our minds coming in. Um, 
obviously we we added some shooters, but missing Lively, you know, what what is that going to do? And he talked about obviously, you know, they're going to miss Derek, um, but that they're a good defensive team even when he wasn't on the floor last year. And I think a lot of that had to do with Proctor's own ball defense. You know, he was just kind of a ball hawk, and then Mitchell being that kind of Swiss Army knife that can guard anybody. Um, so hopefully this year they can kind of continue to do some of that stuff. Um, they might not pressure as far out because if you do get burnt, you don't have that rim protector. So I, I think we might see them still get up into guys. And even Jeremy said this in our breakout sessions, they can still get into guys. They might just not gamble as much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of the biggest takeaway for as far as like schematics go. And then, yeah, I did get in the question to John just about, you know, um, Coming in last year, his first year, we had 11 new players, only one returning. That might have been literally the least in, in, inexperienced team since maybe Duke's ever even had basketball, right? Yeah, sure. So, um, and then this year, obviously, having four sophomores come back um, and four starters, it's not the most experienced that he talked about, not in like games played, but at least in the last like 10 years of Duke basketball, we haven't had this many guys um, with that kind of game experience come back. So, he said that, yeah, it makes it easier on him, but also that kind of breeds softness, comfort yeah. breeds softness. And so they just double down in all the work that they've done um, and, and try not to cut any corners and, you know, just keep at the, uh, the the main goal is just work hard and let it all play out. I thought that was the probably the biggest thing that he said. I mean, obviously his press conference was a little short. He came in a little bit later. Um, but for him to say that, like, you know, we don't want to be comfortable because that makes us soft. Like just yeah. to use that word, like, yes. we don't want to be soft. We're not going to skip steps. Um, that's huge because you have those four starters coming back. Um, you know, they're hungry and they're probably ready to play meaningful basketball games like right away. And that's just not quite the case. Right? Not not that they're not meaningful in November, but it's not like playing in February, March and April. Right. Um, so just kind of making sure that we don't we don't skip any of those steps there. I thought that also was huge. The, uh the team's kind of positioning in the college basketball landscape is so much different this year. Yeah. Because last year there just weren't a lot of expectations and now they come in as the number two or number one team, depending on the poll. So I can just see that, you know, that's something he kind of has to navigate maybe a little bit. Like, I don't feel that the team has like seemed like they're full of themselves or anything like that. But, um, you know, there's a little, uh, there's a little, uh, attitude and swagger there. Um, I don't know if we'll get to it, but I listened to some of that Jeremy Roach stuff, and there was a question about uh, Proctor saying that they're the best backcourt, and he was like, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I kind of like that, but it's, that's one of those things you kind of have to navigate, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I will say that at one point, Roach had kind of had gotten asked about you know preseason one, preseason two, um, and it wasn't a direct shot at Carolina, I think, but it was pretty understood that like that doesn't really mean anything right yeah. now, right? Like none of that really carries any weight. Um, speaking about shots at Carolina, just for the fans listening, um, a lot of like age-related comments about Baycott, right? Because this was like his fourth media day, <laughs> and flips and that he didn't have any personality on the court. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, the the funniest part about that was Baycott was like, "I'm not even the oldest person on the team." Apparently, Cormac just turned 25. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of old guys over there. So get get your shots in, get your shots in early. Um, yeah, I don't think I have much more to say from John's. I mean, obviously that's public, so that's out there. Y'all can go and listen to that. Um, but let, let's kind of jump in here and talk about some of the players. So we got to go in after the main presser. Me and she got to go in and talk to Tyrese and Flip and Jeremy for a little bit. 
Um, so we can start there. I think I went straight to Tyrese first. He was the guy that I wanted to speak to um, probably more than anyone just being that sophomore captain. So we talked a little bit about leadership, um, what it means to be a captain and kind of how he's approaching that. So I'll play that clip right quick. Tyrese Josh Smith at the Devil's Den. Could you talk a little bit about what it means for you being a sophomore captain? Was that something that was intentional for you this offseason of like, I'm going to be more vocal, I'm going to lead these guys? Is that something you always had? Or was that something that you really had to kind of attack this year? Um, I mean, being a starting point guard at Duke and itself, you sort of have to be vocal. Um, there's not really a choice in it. Um, you know, you got to be you got to be a leader because you know, coach can't be out on the court with you. Um, so I feel like that just sort of helped me um, mold into you know the leader I am today. And you know, I've been captain of a lot of teams in the past, and you know, I'm very honored for that. And um, it wasn't something I necessarily aimed towards doing. I feel like it just came naturally. And you know, me and coach have a good connection, and he feels confident. I feel confident in leading this group. Um, alongside Jeremy and Ryan. Nothing too groundbreaking there. I do think he's being a bit humble with that, you know, because it does seem all the reports that we've heard um, kind of into the offseason was like his growth as a vocal leader in terms of like keeping guys accountable and making sure like leading practices and getting guys going has really jumped. Um, I did like hearing, though, that, you know, point guard at Duke, there's no option, but but to just be a leader and be a captain. Um Roll shoe for for you guys. I know we've kind of we've talked about it before already. Um, what are you really looking for out of Tyrese as a leader and a captain, though? I mean, I think just keeping everybody uh, happy because obviously we have a lot of guys that are going to want to score the ball this year. Um, getting guys set up in the right spots. I think, and Jeremy hinted at and in some of the questions we asked. You know, the style of play that that Tyrese came from that that kind of FIBA stuff is. Is more predicated on moving the ball. It's not a lot of ISO stuff. So um, I think that's why he's a little bit maybe better at that spot than anybody else we have on the team, just because that's the way we want to play this year is, you know, get up and down and, and kind of spread the ball around. So um, I think that's that's probably the key thing for him. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he'd be really fun to play with, just all that movement and the ball not kind of sticking with him. I think... You know, if you're a scorer, that's just the kind of point guard you want to play with. So, um, yeah, I don't, and it's interesting. Um, I, when he was coming into Duke last year, he seemed kind of reserved at first. And as like the year went on, he like really came out of his shell and he got like very demonstrative on the court. I think you kind of first saw it in that first Carolina game, maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah. just kind of carry that forward, that kind of edge he's got to him. Yeah, that, that's what I want for sure, because I think Jeremy talks a lot. He's repeated it a lot that he's kind of a um, kind of a lead by example guy. Right. Like get it out on the court. Like I want Tyrese to kind of be the vocal counterpart to that. Right. To just be that demonstrative kind of not just like in, in his like actions, but more like just vocally, too. And I think we're going to get a piece of that. And I think we might have kind of have been missing that a little bit. Those guys are hard to find, right? They don't make Shane Battiers for every group that you have that can just come in and be that vocal presence while also being one of your top two, three, maybe your best player. I think that's the piece that really separates it. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more of that. Shoot, I know you got to talk to him as well. Um, I think you asked him a little bit, kind of piggybacking a little bit off the leadership about – you know, his preparation and just being ready that he has a full off season. I think he didn't get to campus last year until like August or like late August or something. 
Um, so he's been around, he's been on campus, he's been in the gym. Um, so we can talk a little bit about that and we'll hear that clip now if you want to go ahead and play it. Tyrese, last year you got to campus a little late, later than the rest of the freshmen. How has it been this year, kind of being on time, on schedule for everything? Is you more comfortable with, with everything? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was probably one of the guys, me, Flip, and, and Jay, were probably one of the, the, the three guys that sort of stayed on campus all the time. Um, you know, we were there summer session one and two. I'm just getting workouts every day, every morning, um, being in the weight room a lot, a lot more than, than I have been in the past. And, um, you know, I think we're just way more prepared this year. Uh, I think I'm personally more prepared and a lot more confident than I was last year. You showed off a little bounce at CTC. That yeah. I don't remember if you had a dunk in game last yeah. year. I think gonna... I won against Virginia, but okay. um, yeah, I think just the mindset of you know, every every time I'm near the room to just to just dunk it because you know, there's a lot more athletes in, in the league this year and, and uh, you know, you're not going to have time to you know, finger roll and finesse it. You know, so just, just being fast. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about what last week or whenever it was that we recorded about needing to be able to finish this year, right? Like you don't have Lively up there where I think, you know, when you have a guy like that, getting it up off the glass and at a favorable spot is a decent attempt sometimes, right? Because you just have a guy that can crash and finish and look what he was doing the other night in the week. You know, I almost got hurt trying to finish one of those offensive rebounds. Um, so to hear that from Proctor, I think that was one of my, only really criticisms last year is he got in that in between a little bit and couldn't really figure out what he wanted to do. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we get a few more bunnies. We talked about that with Brian Geisinger, I think, uh, about his yeah, game kind yeah, of yeah. stalling out in the mid range yeah. there. You know, that uh, first Carolina game, they baited him into a lot of um, floaters because Baycott was in the drop. Yep. And I, I don't know, I don't have his like rim finishing numbers handy, but I remember them not being that good for a guy his size. And he also didn't take a lot of free throws and you want him taking free throws because he yeah. shoots like 90% of the line. So yeah, that's the next step in this game for me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be huge. Um, shoot, anything else that you took away from from Tyrese um, in your interactions with him? No, I mean, I think just his demeanor. I, I feel yeah. like he's just kind of laid back. You know, he does... Um, I don't know. It just seemed like it doesn't get too up about yeah. anything, you know? Yeah. I will say he's big, dude. And obviously I'm sitting here at like, what, five, ten and a half, maybe five eleven <laughs> on a generous day. But you see Tyrese on the floor and he just kind of looks average, right? And you go stand beside him and he's just, he's all of six, five for sure. Um, great hair too. Great hair coming from. I just love guy. hearing him talk, to be honest with you. You know? Yeah. 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 All right, well, let's kind of let's let's talk a little bit about two hip flip. Um, he was getting a lot of, you know, one thing. This is just random and aside, but these guys, man, like I understand why they go through media training. Some of the questions that they were getting asked, like <laughs> I listen, no some shots, of those were weird, man. No shot, but one guy's trying to like deep dive flip on like women's nil and somebody he, he else did well like, though, man. I, I would have been he, like, I have nothing to say, honestly. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They what were, do you want for me, guy? Yeah, yeah. They were trying to get him talking about Baycott and like other guys. Like, you, it's they were they were throwing darts towards him um a little bit so shouts to him for for being able to handle that um i guess that's a good enough segue as ever our, our first question here we talked a little bit to him about managing expectations and what the pressure is going to be like being named acc um preseason player of the year so um she was fire that one up i do want to just mention that we didn't know he was going to be acc preseason player of the year at that point but Oh yeah, kind of. I kind of assumed that that's how I was gonna. We did, vote. and we didn't. Yeah. We did, and it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> kind of did, and it didn't. So, anyways, here it goes. Expected to be uh, 
ACC preseason player of the year this year. Has John talked to you about like not managing expectations, but just not putting a lot of pressure on yourself, whatnot, to, to go out and just play well every night? Yeah, I, 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 I haven't really thought much about it. Like, it's, it, you know, it's cool to see. Um, but I mean, I saw, I didn't see myself on any lists last year in preseason and I ended up on a lot of lists at the end of the year. So it could easily just be the other way around where I started on the list, but you know, I worked myself off. Um, so I think I'm just trying to focus on what's best for this team, playing, playing the hardest I can every, every game and, you know, putting, putting it all out there for, for my guys. Nice little humble, humble response there from Flipper. I, I think it's telling though. Of, I love him saying that I wasn't there last year. I played my way on, so I could just as easily be here on the preseason and end up not living up to the hype. Um, you know, that I mean, you me- mentioned you mentioned UNC earlier, and it's yeah. like uh, yeah. I think it's almost helpful to this Duke team that they saw what happened to UNC last year. Yeah, just like how quickly the rug is yanked out from under you if you're not uh if you don't work hard basically yeah and if you're not just all on the same page right Right. like if if the noise and i know you know hubert talked about that a lot last year we have a lot of noise that's not coming from inside the locker room that's being brought to the locker room like a lot of external noise and they just couldn't filter that they couldn't kind of block that out um i think that's going to be big for this group i mean we're older but we're still really young and now the target's on the back. And so, um, you know, again, those shouts to Flip for being ACC preseason player of the year. I, I've looked at some of the national ones and the ACC ones. I, I, at some point, are we just, why, why not just have five bigs on there? I mean, I think on both lists are like four bigs and a guard at this point, right? So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Put Flip at the two, I guess. Um, I think you also talked to him a little bit, though, Shu, about just kind of um, improvement from last year, coming off the injury, staying hungry, and just building off of that momentum. Let's play that one right quick, and we'll go to Jeremy. Last year, you guys win the ACC tournament. You're one kind of box call away from winning the regular season as well. How do we improve on that this season? What keeps you hungry for this year? Yeah, I think I think just looking at our losses from this past season and realizing what we did wrong and not letting those things happen again. Um, obviously, you know, there's questionable calls that, um, you know, Virginia, Virginia Tech, places like that. But, but you know, there's still other things that we could have done better. And I think just taking those things and, and fixing them so we turn those losses into wins, it'll, it'll definitely, um, you know, be good for us. But also even looking at the close games that we won, you know, how, how could we not get it close? How could we you know, get it to be a larger win and, and not have to be that close anymore. Again, another mature response from Flip too, right? Just, I love that he's saying that like, you know, sure, we can go back and look at losses, but like, I want to go back and look at close wins to games that we almost gave away or games that we cruised or, you know, that we should be beating this team by X amount, right? And we took our foot off. Um, because sometimes those bite you, right? Sometimes those come back to get you. Um, shoot, obviously I wasn't in, in over there with Flip quite as much as you were. Just what were your just overall thoughts and just takeaways of interacting with Flip and uh, where he's at heading into the season? Yeah, I mean, I think he seemed to kind of say the same thing about and getting kind of asked the same thing. What are the general expectations? Um, what's the vibe of the locker room? Would you guys feel like this is a national championship caliber team? Um, and he was pretty steady with that. Like, that's what we're all here for. You know, we're, 
we're here to put the work in to get to that spot. Um, and I, I don't want to say it's a championship or bust type season. We we have we've said that several times before, but I, I do think that a you know elite eight final four is kind of what this team needs to at least achieve. Yeah, I mean, and, and Flip said it too, right? He's like nothing short of a national championship. And you know, if if this was played in like an NBA format or if it was played in like a typical playoff format, then sure, right? Then absolutely, it would be yeah. championship or bust. If we're talking best of five, best of seven, um, we're talking about trying to win six straight. And so, I think for me, it is that like. I want I want to be playing last weekend, whether that's losing in the final four, losing in the championship game or winning the whole thing. It's that's kind of the barometer, right, of like getting to Phoenix um, and see what happens. So it um, sounds like they're pretty locked in. I thought it was interesting that he uh, actually admitted that there were some questionable calls. I did not expect him to say that, but, uh, you know, well, players I really usually shy away. The one that, that the ACC admitted to themselves. That right, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he I mean, usually doesn't was... say it, like, call out Virginia, Virginia Tech. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you uh, kind of baited him into it a little bit, maybe, but still, I I thought he'd be a little bit more diplomatic than that. Yeah, that was kind of funny to me. I, I didn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad thing to say by any means, but uh, you know, because again, immediately afterwards, he switches to like. Yeah, but we could have played better. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but it goes to show just the mentality of a player, right? right. If there's a whole lot of media person persona that you can get, um, but even if you go back to what she was asking Tyrese, of like, I don't know how many dunks you had. Oh yeah, I had one in Virginia, and boom, <laughs> like, I know how many I have, right? Like, it's yeah. that kind of idea of yeah, I know my stats, I know exactly what's going on, I can play it off the best a little bit, but. Um, you know, I, I can appreciate that stuff too. John's like that as well. When you hear him talk, right. He can go yep. back and reference stats and stuff from games. So, um, you know, that's pretty cool, but, uh, all right, I guess we'll finish it off with our returning senior captain, um, Mr. Jeremy Roach. And, and I'm just like to, before we lead into this, um, we've been a little up and down on this podcast a little bit, but man, just interacting with Jeremy at media day. Like I'm just all in on this dude right now. I mean, just like, He's, he was super laid back, all smiles, just really enjoying it. But like he's saying all the right things too. Like he's not getting caught up in it. He was asked about being able to, you know, um, be a guy that plays on two Final Fours potentially. And not many guys have been able to do that, especially if you go back. And I think you might would have to double check, double check us. But I think me and she were saying like, is Chris Duhon the last guard that played on two Final Four teams? And I think so. Yeah, I think so. That'd have to be. Because um, there's just, it's two spaced out since then. So, yeah, I mean, you had to go back to the, you know, the 91, 90, yeah, the 91, yes. 92 teams before that. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you're talking about doing it for two separate coaches, too, which is, you know, that's pretty wild. It's pretty yeah. wild. So, um, well, let's jump in. We'll talk a little bit to, to Jeremy. I think I asked him the first question just on his role in being the closer, specifically last year in those Carolina games, just what happens. Um, when the game's kind of on the line here. Um, shoot, if you want to play that clip. What happens for you, though, Jeremy, at the end of games? It seems like something clicks. I mean, the, both Carolina games almost played out identically. You go back to the Final Four run, you're getting in the middle against Texas Tech. It seems the last five to seven minutes, something just is like, all right, it's my time. I'm going, I want the ball. I'm good with the shot. Yeah. Is that, uh, is that a flip that switches for you, or is it like, natural? It's, or? Just, it's kind of just natural. I've always been like that, that closer guy for my team. Um, but I just, it always comes back to my work, the work that I put in, um, the preparation that I do, um, the work I do with Coach, Coach Lucas on a daily basis. I mean, that just 
it's not like a, it's not like a switch, but it's just that confidence that like that last at the end of the, at the end of the game. I mean, it's not about the first four minutes, but the the last four minutes who really make a champion. So for sure. Obviously, I kind of fumbled the question a little bit there, but I do think at the end he hinted on what I was trying to get him to talk about because the first four minutes are just as important as the last four minutes. If you look across the landscape of like oh, yeah. every possession, essentially is, is equal. But when he says it's not really about the first, that's what I was trying to tap into, right? Like, so something does prioritize for him later in the game where he's like, okay, it's it's my time. I'm fresh. The legs are ready. Um, I didn't quite get there clip. for him, but um, yeah, go ahead and let's play the last one. I think I asked him too about just uh, being a senior and what you know he's kind it, of seen the growth, in his, of, yeah. growth in his game. Yeah, yeah. And if we went back to fall of 2020, seems like forever ago. What's the biggest growth for you in terms of just your game in those four years? Uh, just being more consistent now. I mean, I think. I know, I mean, not think, I know, I, I know a lot more than I did coming in my freshman year, which I thought I knew, I knew it all then, but I didn't know pretty much anything. So just my experience has definitely uh, been a big, uh, the biggest thing and just, I don't know, just being more consistent and just having that confidence. And I feel like I had confidence when I stepped on this on campus, but now the confidence is at a, a higher level now. Yeah, so another another mature response there from from Jeremy. I think for me, the the big takeaway I have there um, that hopefully a lot of recruits and other players are listening to is, you know, there was some some rumblings going on two three years ago, right, about just maybe being a little unhappy in the role or being not right, you know, whether that's from him, his camp, outsiders, whoever. Um, and I don't know if he's directly talking to that, but it, it is hitting on this idea of, you know, I thought I was here or I thought that I knew this X amount. And now I'm at a place where it's like, no, nah, I didn't know nothing then. Right. Like I'm really now starting to get to that. Um, at least that's kind of how how I took away from it. Shu, what, what did you make of, you know, how he's talking about um, the, the flip that switches? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hinted on it. Um you know, coming in, he had was it Jordan Goldwire kind of playing that year a lot with him. That was the COVID. That, 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 that was, first year was, it was it would have been him. I guess it would, that would have been Jago too, and and DJ Stewart. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. okay, so not a um, lot of competition for minutes on that team in the backcourt. Right, right, and then obviously the the next year when you have the Paulo team, um, but but you had you know the kills experiment too, where we we tried to play kills. Uh, at the point so maybe he did feel like you know maybe i should be the point instead of this guy I, i'm not real sure um but i think you hit on it like he thought he knew stuff as a freshman and sophomore and now being being here for four years he kind of understands uh yeah i didn't really know a whole lot at all i did i did want to mention somebody else asked a question about just kind of the uniqueness of his career i mean you come in in covid obviously that was a weird time but no fans in the stands Roy Williams retires the next year. He's playing, you know, his last year with Coach K. So they had the, you know, it's it's oh, it's Coach K's last this, last that. And then, you know, his junior year, now it's John Shire's first this, first right. that. So it's just kind of been a, a a really, you know, odd and unique kind of career for for the kid. Yeah. And hopefully now this year, it's just let's play ball, right? Yeah. Like, let's just yeah. go get it. Let's win. There's no like storyline, like you're saying, right? There's no like those national story, like you're getting asked every time about what's it like playing on Coach K's last team, right? Or what's it like being with John on his first? Um, so, so now they just kind of get to settle in and roll the ball out, hopefully, yeah. and, and see what happens here. Um, a little surprised that, that Ryan didn't make the trip, but I guess, you know, <laughs> 
only a few schools brought three guys. No one brought four that I'm aware of. So I guess at a certain point, you kind of, you got to bring the preseason player of the year, right? Like, even though at the time you don't know, you got to bring flip. Um, but, uh, all right, well, let's, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and then we'll talk a little bit. Um, we'll kind of preview a little bit of things, just some quick over-unders, just some fun stuff as we get ready to start the season here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. There's a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, let's come back. And before we get out of here, I know we have some over-under stuff, just some kind of some fun stuff we like to do numbers game-wise as we get ready to, to start the season here. Um, I haven't seen them. Shu hasn't seen them. So Raul, I'll let you take this since you've kind of prepared some stuff for us and hopefully we don't look too stupid here. 40 and 0, right? 40 and 0. Yeah, exactly. 40 and 0. <laughs> no, hopefully uh, I set the lines well. You know, I'm not some vegas expert so i just kind of went with my gut of like what would make it hard to choose here and some of them might be easy for you some of them might not but uh i was thinking we'll kind of keep track of it i'm not gonna like write them down but we'll listen back to this pod and uh you know at the end of the year and just kind of see who won how we did so we'll see we're gonna start with uh kyle filipowski points per game i've got it at 16.5 what do you guys think i'll go over Remember, there's going to be a lot of scorers on this team. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm going over. I'm going uh, over. She's going to go over in all yeah. these, isn't he? Is no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go under, but I think it's. Just, I think the line is probably just right. If I could push, I'd push, but I'll, I'll go under just to make it interesting. I mean, he okay. averaged 15 last year, and now he's got two good hips, boys. I mean, yeah, that's, that's worth true. two points. That's true. That's true. I'm going over. All right. Um, I guess I should pick two. Um, maybe I set the line too well. This is hard for me as well. I'm, I'm going to start out optimistically and I'll go over. Um, I, cause I think he's going to be at like 17. Yeah. Yeah. I, get I don't think yeah. it's going to be far over 16.5, but, um, I think it's going to be 16 point something basically. Right. Okay. And so if that's at 16.3 or 16.8, like, uh, right. I, I think that's the right split though. Somewhere in that 16. Yeah. I, I will say that I think his efficiency is going to be better. Like, even if he averages, like, kind of the same points per game as last year, it's going to be on fewer shots, maybe. Yeah. And he might have more assists. Um, 
So let's uh, move on to rebounds per game for Flip. I've got the line at nine, which is exactly what he averaged last year. Hmm. Hmm. Go first. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over on this one. And I think that sounds absurd, but if he's really going to play the five and the dude's an offensive rebounding machine, I mean, I'm thinking he might get have four offensive, maybe five. So yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go over. Yeah. I'm going to go over as well. Yeah. This is going to be boring. Maybe I set this one too low because I'm thinking just what you were saying. since he's playing the five, he'll probably play more minutes than last year as well. Um, you know, his athleticism should be better with the two hips. So, you know, nine's a high number, though. It so, is. It um, is. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go I'll go over, and I think it'll be between nine and ten somewhere. Um, all right. Roach points per game. I've got it at 13.5. Mm. Am I going mm. first on this one? Yeah, you take it. 13.5. That's about what he's been at, right? Yeah. I'm going to uh, go. Yeah. I'm going to go under with that one. Mm. I'll go over. Why not? Let's do it. I don't think it's going to be much over, but I'll go over. Right. I'm pulling up his uh, stats actually to see. And that's re- only really predicated off just kind of what he was doing at CTC, right? And if he really right. is going to be more of a pocket shooter and just kind of a little bit of a gunner coming off of like whatever Proctor's doing, I could see him at 14. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was actually at 13.6 last year. I hadn't even looked that up. I just kind of knew that's around where he was. And I do expect his efficiency to be better this year, but I was kind of thinking like maybe with having more guards there's just less shots yeah you know and proctor should take more shots as well that's what i was thinking proctor's gonna get some mccain's gonna get some foster's gonna get some so i think i'll I'll go under on that as well mine's so predicated too on him being a better three-point shooter right Right. so if he goes from like 32 33 to 38 just that percentage gets him an extra like what point a game or whatever so i mean there's um, a good chance he he hits three corner threes every game almost the way it's been looking you know sure yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's probably going to be the guy that if you're a defender, you're going to sag off of him from the three point line before you would sag off of uh, McCain or Foster, I think. Like, yes, Roach is more proven, but he has three years of not shooting that well. So right. he might get some open shots. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, we got uh, Mitchell points per game, Mark Mitchell points per game, 12.5. He did set these pretty good, bro. Yeah, he did set them really good. <laughs> I did a little crowdsourcing, by the way, uh, on on a message board just to ask people what they thought. So. You said 12.5? Yep. Is this me or you first, you? You. Mm, 12.5. 12.5. I'm going to go under, but only by like two decimal points, probably. I'm going to go over by two decimal points. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm going under on this one, too. I, I think I've got him at around 12 this year. Um, I just don't think he's ever going to be a high usage guy, at least not at Duke. Um, so I think he's kind of content to just, you know, attack closeouts, shoot the open corner three, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think he's going to have several, like, 18 to, like, like 18 around 18 point games and then he's going to have multiple like eight to 10 point games probably too right, right? where he takes then, like four shots yeah yeah so 
we'll see him playing the four though it depends too on how much time he really gets at the four yep, and yeah. and because that could really just open things up for him too so we'll, we'll kind of see a little bit as as the season goes on i guess all right i have a feeling which way you guys are going to lean with this one but um tyrese proctor points per game i've got it at 12 i'm i'm go ahead i was just gonna say i'm thinking he's gonna be more a table setter but you know that was just my rationale for that line i'll go i'm gonna go over i think he's gonna i think he's gonna give us at least 13 13 or 14 yeah, I'll go over as well. I think it's a good set, though. I think somewhere between 12 and 14 is probably like if I was playing in my head, you know, I guess maybe you have some other ones. There's somewhere around 12 to 14, six and five or something, you know, is kind of what I'm hoping for somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this will be boring. I'm going to go over too. So I think there's there's been two so far that we've all picked the same thing, but we've got enough variety in here that it should work out. Um, all right. So. Sticking with Proctor, uh, I've got assists per game set at five. And just as kind of historical perspective for people listening, um, we've only had like three guards ever maybe who have gone over six assists. It's just not a school for whatever reason that has guards with like nine, ten assists. Um, you know, that's actually more of a Carolina thing historically. Whose turn? Mine turn? Your turn. Mine? I know I just I just kind of gave away where I thought he should be, but I'm I'm gonna go under and it's only like very, very marginal, like somewhere between four and a half and five. But for what you said, um, we don't really team to do that a whole lot. John's trying to run a motion offense, and Tyrese might be our best maybe him and McCain are gonna compete for best off ball guard too, probably of like mm-hmm. so he doesn't really have to have it. Um, I know he has the flashy passing, so he's going to get some, but across the whole season, yeah, I'll go slightly under. Yeah, I think the same. Or around the four and a half range is what it'll probably end up being. Um, I know I just gave the rationale for why it might be somewhat low, but I'm, I'm going to go over. I think I, I got it like 5.3 maybe. That's my guess yeah. there. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't see him at like seven though, right? Like right, I don't yeah. see that really. That would be pretty wild. He's he's a he has great vision, but he's not that kind of like dynamic of a passer like that. Like and I just um, don't think they're gonna give him the ball and say you just high ball screen yeah. and that's our offense, right? Like I, I, I think that. you'll have more hockey assist. Yeah. Yep, you know, yeah. Cause that's what he did a lot last year. He he made a pass to the guy that made the pass for the score. Yeah, right. All right, now uh, here's the million-dollar question because it'll determine what style of play we're seeing on the court a lot this year. Um, So Ryan Young, minutes per game, 15. Now, last year he played 17.6, but bear in mind that he was playing a lot at the start of the season. By the end of the season, he was down to like 10. Hmm. This is you for a shoe. All right. <laughs> I was going to let you jump mm-hmm. on that. Uh, I'm going to go under based on the sole fact that I think, like we talked about in the last episode, Christian Reeves ought to grab just a couple of those minutes. Yep. Hmm. 15, huh? I kind of want to push it, but that's not an option. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'll go slightly under, but I think we're going to see something kind of similar to last year. It might not be like, it might be the inverse of that or an injury, or I think that he's just going to have a stretch where he's playing a lot of minutes. And then there's going to be a stretch where he's just relegated to eight to 10 to 12, depending on what Sean Stewart does, how good Mark Mitchell is. We'll see Christian Reeves maybe as a guy that's going to steal some of those minutes. So, um, yeah, I'm right there at the push line though. I think that's about, that's a good set of Mark for 15. Well, I didn't have this on here, but uh, maybe I'll just add it on. Um, what about Christian Reeves' minutes? Um, I'll just make it up on the spot here. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Seven and a half. Yeah, that's. I like that line. Seven would you, and a half. That might be. That I might would probably go high. under that one, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would. I would go over. I mean, over. I would go under with that as well. I mean, I could see seven and a half if we're not factoring in DMPs. So then it could really skew right. like what we're talking about, right? Like maybe he plays seven and a half, but he only plays in nineteen games or something crazy. Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, it kind of a lot of this depends on how good Foster and McCain really are because. If they're good, then that's just going to suppress the second big's minutes by default. Yeah. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, that's actually my next question. So I didn't really want to pick points per game for each of them because I just felt like we don't know enough about them and we don't know enough about how good they're going to be. Um, so I just set it at um, combined points okay. and I've got it at 21. Now, you know, if if we're going by all the other lines we picked so far, that would result in like five double digit scores. So I don't know if that's realistic at all, but you're saying for McCain and Foster? Yeah, 21 combined. Yeah, I'm gonna go under that. Cause yeah, I think there's I'm gonna saying. be they're gonna have the I won't say the complete like Luke Kennard, where one of them has like 28 one game and then two the next, but right. Just averaging out, yeah, I'm gonna go under that. Mm, that's tough. Um, because if you had me, I would probably put it somewhere like we're 12 for one, nine for the other, and that's right. just smashing that 21. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'll go under too, right? If I'm going, if I'm going under a mark, I feel like I have to go under on the 21 for them. So, and I went over for Jeremy. So, I don't think we're going to score 90 some points a game, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, just to be interesting, I'll go over. Um, I'm kind of more inclined to go under as well because um, I do think if one of them plays really well, that's kind of cutting into the other. I just don't think you can have two guys who are essentially our fourth and fifth options averaging like 11 or 12 points. Right. I could see one of them doing it for sure. And I can even see the other guy being very valuable and being like hyper efficient or playing a great role. Kind of like a, you know, in that 2017 team, how I think Frank Jackson, you know, only played like 20 some minutes a game, but he ended up averaging like 11 and a half points and shooting like 40% from three. And people kind of thought he didn't have a good year, but it's like, no, his role was just kind of small because that team was loaded with guards. So I can see a similar thing happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Um, Now here, this one may be a little on the pessimistic side. We'll see. Uh, So Sean Stewart and TJ power combined minutes per game. I've got it at 12. 
Ooh. Mm. This is this one first, me or you? You go. All right. Uh, so this is TJ and Stuart combined at 12, huh? Hmm. I'll go over. Not probably not a ton, but I'll, I'll go slightly over. What the hell? It's October. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think early, early this season for sure. Um, the ACC is kind of weak, to be honest with you. I don't know if it gets if John's going to necessarily have to slim it down so much. So yeah, I'll go over too. Yeah, I like that because it's like, I also feel with TJ, if he can defend it all, there might be a little bit of a role for him. If, if if you know, John's throwing three guards out there at some point, it's not really working because they're too small or something like that. Yeah. Um, he offers like a good combination of size and shooting. So I can see him kind of getting up to that seven minute kind of range or something. Um, Stewart, from what we've seen, you know, he 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 shows the flashes. He does look a little bit rough, so I kind of wonder how much he's actually going to play. Yeah. But, um, you know, hopefully everybody, literally just every player just plays like 18 minutes or something. <laughs> and we're just beating teams by like 90. We're going to yeah. run the platoons. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. the platoons. <laughs> yeah. All right, I've just got a few more, so we'll kind of go through these pretty fast. Um, all right, team three-point percentage. I've got it 37%. Ooh. I'll go. Hmm, I'm going to go over. Go 38. I think we'll get the 38, 39. We got shooters. Do we, though? <laughs> um, it depends on how many threes Flip is taking, right? Yeah. And that's just such a big jump from where we were last year, too. Um, I'll go under. Um, I'll probably I'll, I'll say something about thirty six, just because I'm expecting there to be pretty significant volume there as well. So, yeah, I think I'll go slightly under as well. Um, you know, and this could be completely swung by how many minutes a guy like McCain plays or how many minutes a guy like Shoot plays. Um, you know, if if you've got Flip and Jeremy out there and Mark Mitchell out there for 33 minutes a game or something. And that's kind of going to depress it. I don't know that I trust any of those guys to shoot 40%. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, only 30 teams last year that shot 37% or above. Right. right? So that's pretty rarefied air. Yeah. Um, and most of those are like mid-majors, right? So right. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> I will say that Duke has uh, hit that mark a fair number of times under Coach K. Yeah. So, you know, not definitely not impossible. Um, all right. Team points per game. Uh, I'll give you a little context here so you know whether this number is low or high. But so I have it at 81. And that sounds really high considering we averaged like 72 last year. But if you look over the last like 15 years or so, we were only under 80 in 2010 when we played very slow. 2021 when we were awful and then last year so mm -hmm. typically we're over 80 and we're usually in that 80 to 85 range there's, there's a bunch of blowouts early that kind of inflate it right yeah i think we'll be over i think this team is going to want to get up and down 
and and I mean, from just from countdown, like I said, I don't think we saw a lot of like really late shot clock shots. Right. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of milking the clock. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that too. Yeah, I think I'd like to see us close to eighty five if we could get to that. That would be real. Just because I think the defense is going to take a pretty significant step. I still we could be good defensively. I just don't think we're going to be anywhere near where we were last year. So, um, yeah, I'll go over. Yeah. Sorry, this is boring, but me too. <laughs> All right. Um, I might skip these Ken Palm ones. That was really hard to set. It's like, because if it had been Coach K, it would have been really easy for me to guess. But we only have one year of John, and we just don't know like how great an offensive coach versus defensive and all that he is. So, sure. Um, but so, so we'll just move on to regular season losses. 5.5 mm. regular season i'll go uh i'll go under that mm. i think there's maybe a chance of one or two non-conference and then i just i don't i don't think there's a lot on the on the conference schedule this year that really worries me so yeah i'll go with under five five and a half right yeah. yeah, I wish you wouldn't have said it if I haven't enough damage. Yeah, I'm going to go with five. <laughs> yeah. That's why um, I, I felt it was a good line because like, I was looking over the schedule and I'm like, okay, if we have one non-con loss and then four yeah. conference, that seems reasonable. But <laughs> So that's yeah. why I picked that. Yeah. Um, God, I hate to be this person. I'm going to go over and and do, I, I, think we, I think six is probably the number that I'm looking at right. because... You look at that non-con, Arizona, Michigan State, Arkansas, Baylor, um, you know, depending on how how you feel about those teams. I say, let's say we go two and two, and then that's yep. going, what, 16 and four and probably winning the ACC and that's six losses. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go over, I guess. Um, Yeah, I'll lean over, too, I think. I'm just I, – I think six was kind of my thought there, and the rationale was just – more about the non-con and the conference, just that we might lose two non-con games, like you were saying. Um, yeah. And For that context, kind of too, Ken Palm has us at projected 24 and 7. Right. right. Now, he's got his favorite in all but three games. Right. So that's, you know, but a few of those are one one-point wins. So he's also got us a little low overall in my opinion doesn't he probably so yeah probably. he's got us as a number seven offense number 30 22 defense so adjusted tempo is still in the 300s <laughs> you know yeah so we'll, we'll see yeah so i think he's kind of baking in last year a little bit there um all right moment of truth wins over unc 1.5 so this is assuming we just we'll call it regular season wins because i don't want to try to factor in the acc tournament because who knows if we'll even play them but uh, yeah, so basically, I'm asking: Are we going to sweep them, or are we going to split? Mm. John Shire's never going to lose to Carolina <laughs> ever, ever. It's the deal they made. It's what we get. Yep. All right. <laughs> they you got to win going? the Final Four. They got to we win get the to Final win. Four. We get to win as for as long as John Shire ever coaches. <laughs> I'll take that trade. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I would, would absolutely take that trade. Um, just going like a twenty-seven zero run. Um, yeah, that's a tough one, man. I mean, we're better than them. Um, I feel pretty good about saying that, but 
those guys got to be hungry after yeah. last yeah. year, right? Yeah, and the I mean, way that, that is... they, we lost to them twice, and we play the first one over there. Um, yeah, that's going to be the tough one. But, I mean, look, Mark and Tyrese, they've been over there. Those guys have been over there. Yeah. They've done it before. Yeah. Flip, Flip shined in the villain role over there last year. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I'll go over too, right? I'll, I'll say we 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 bag them up again. All right, I'm gonna go under. Um, big surprise, but uh, no, I just think. Uh, but wouldn't it be funny if uh, we just win like 62-57 again with a again. Jeremy Roach <laughs> layup, <laughs> <laughs> and that he's coming back for his fifth year too? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, finish in the ACC. 1.5. So I'm asking, are we going to finish first or are we going to finish below that? Okay. Yeah, I'm going first. Um, I haven't looked at all of the scheduling and stuff, but I think we have a pretty decent ACC schedule this mm-hmm. year. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'll say we win the conference. Um, I don't, I mean, outside of, Carolina, Miami, and Virginia. I don't even know if anyone else could even challenge it up there at the top. So, yeah, why not? Why not? I will say we only play Virginia at home, so that's helpful. Um, yeah. I do think we play Miami on the road. I don't remember if we have them at home, too, though. So that's the kind of thing that can really determine it is, like, what are your matchups with the top three or four, and are they road games or home games? Yeah. Um, and they do some stupid stuff too. Like we play Pittsburgh two out of three games. Yep. In January. Like why? Why? Yeah. Well, hopefully that goes like last year. Yeah, sure. Um yeah, I'll I'll go. Oh, I guess in this case it would be over lower than one. I'll go. I think we finished second. It's just I've seen us have the best team in the ACC too many times and still not finish first to like really trust in it. Sure. Unbalanced schedules too, you know. I mean, right, exactly. Um, I will say that we don't have too many brutal stretches, though. Outside of like, I mean, yeah, the sh- at Virginia Tech, at North Carolina, back to back is is yep. kind of tough. And then you go at Florida State, at Miami, at Wake Forest. That could, you know, potentially kind of bite you somewhere. But I would like, like to go two of three, and that would be. I'd feel happy with that to win yeah. two of three out of those uh, road games there, like. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times, to your point, that we're we have the most talent, but we don't finish first. It's like Virginia ends up winning it because those are the years that they are scheduled to only play like us once and Carolina once, and we have to play, you know, Carolina twice. We have to play somebody else that's going to be top in the ACC twice. So we just take on more losses. And Virginia just doesn't. They still doesn't. They don't garner other teams' best shots in the same way. Like you just don't get as pumped up to play them. I don't think. And their style just doesn't really allow you to stay pumped up. If you are, they lull you into sleep, right? So like that's. I'm not. I'm not real high on this Virginia team just because I I know they lost a lot of guys and they're adding transfers and whatnot. I'm high on Beekman being awesome. Yeah, Beekman is great. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. But, yeah, they just have a style that's like it allows. I feel like it allows. We probably talked about this, but it allows inferior teams to beat them. But it also allows them to be in every game because there's yeah. so few possessions yeah. that if when you're playing in the 60s, like even if you are playing a better team, they're only going to be like five points ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
and their their defense offers some stability too. Um, but yeah, so I've got us finishing second. Um, just kind That's of a good question my for here. you though, too, like for both. I don't know, maybe you have this already, but as you were talking about it, over under, I'm going to set it at three and a half on how many ranked teams will play in conference. How many games will play ranked? Ooh, three and a half. Three and a half. Probably. Now, some of it could be the same. Like, so if you think Carolina is going to be ranked and we play them twice, that counts as two, right? So, okay. How many games do we play against a ranked team? I'm going to go under that. I'm going to say it's only going to be three. Okay. I think UNC will probably stay in the top 25 all year. I don't think they're going to be like top 10 necessarily, but so that's two right there. I figure Miami will be ranked. Who else, who else really has a chance of being ranked? Probably just Virginia, right? Yeah, Maybe that, if like Virginia Clemson. Tech or Clemson or State somehow sneak in there for a week or two. So I guess the question is, do we play Miami twice or not? No. No. Yeah, no. That's why okay. I went with three. Okay. Um, I'll go over, but if it's over, it's going to be like four. You know, it's not yeah. going to be. Yeah. Um, and the reason I just did that is just because that, Kind of tells us where things are at, right? If <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That, yeah, it used to be an easy, like, smash the over on that of ranked right. teams are playing, especially over in a 20 game slate. Like, yeah. You know, there was a time where probably 15 of them are going to be ranked. You know, it's a, it's a different, different dynamic out there. But, you know, I don't know if you have any more. I didn't want to jump in and just, oh, no. Yeah. There. I've got it just a couple uh, and then we'll close it up. Um, so the NCAA tournament seating. 1.5. So do you think we're going to be a one seed or a two seed or lower? Probably a two seed. Yeah. I, I don't know about a one seed. I'd go to two or lower. Yeah. We really have to win. We have to win all those non-conference games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to sweep those. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go one and I, I don't think we necessarily have to. I think you want to go three and one. And yeah. those four tough non-cons and then just not blow a load to like Syracuse or Louisville or Notre Dame or somebody probably, right? So mm. um, the, the conference is is really screwing us, though, when it comes to that. Because um, this schedule in a no, like a quote-unquote normal ACC year would be a shoe-in for like a top seed with the team that you have, right? Like yep. your, your schedule is going to be really good, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give us the one seed just because I'm not that sold on the rest of the college basketball landscape outside of maybe Kansas. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do the uh, that we get a one seed as well, which is funny because both of us picked us to lose six games, more games than yeah, than <laughs> <shoot it. laughs> somehow getting the higher seed. But I just um, think yeah, just doesn't not make a lot of sense. Quality. The qualities, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Big Ten and Big Twelve are gonna get somebody's gonna get two one seeds. You know, some that's where it can screw you. Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, to be clear, your logic makes more sense than ours. Like, well, I'm just kind of banking on like we're gonna win the games against the good opponents and then we're gonna drop stupid games. That was my logic there. Like we'll lose to somebody terrible or something. Um, but which I guess could bump down the seating as well, but I think it's more important overall to get those like quad one wins when you can. Yeah. Um, all right. Last uh, couple and they're all kind of on the same theme. So 
all ACC team appearances. So how many players do you think we will have on the first through third teams of all ACC? I've got it at 2.5. I'll go over. We're going to have three. On on ACC teams? Yeah. yeah, all ACC. Does that count like just the first, second, third team? Not Yeah, yeah. Not I, I've got team, some questions about all some other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go three with that then. Yeah, I'll go three as well, just because there's the guard depth that doesn't really seem to be there in the conference. So, yeah, I'll go three. Yeah, this is another boring one where we're all going to pick the same thing. I just think that uh, basically I think that Proctor and Filipowski are almost locks to get on one of the teams. Mm -hmm. So then you just got to get one more guy, and I think Roach or Mitchell can do it. Um, So, all right, well, uh, what about all rookie team appearances. So 1.5. Under. Yeah, I'm probably going to go under too. And that's just one team that they do for rookies, right? It's just yeah. five guys. So probably not that it's probably not that often that you get two guys. Yeah. So my thought was just that like Duke typically has more freshmen than other teams. So we probably have had two guys in the past. I'm sure it's happened a few yeah, times. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. has. And um, it could this year too. But there's – there's, and I don't really know what other teams have like – start. I mean, well, it, it pretty much has to be one of our, our two guards is what we're probably talking about, right? right? right. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know how you feel about Cadeau, but he could bump one of those guys off. Right. And yep. so yep. if that happens, then I guess I'll have to go under and just say that one of McCain or Foster makes – I'd lean McCain, but, you know, it could be Foster right. too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I said yet, but I'm going to be contrary and I'll go over on that. Um, all right. So last thing is just between all the other all-conference awards – so we got rookie of the year, coach of the year, all defense, defensive player of the year, most improved and sixth man. Do we get uh more or less than 2.5 players on all those teams? More. Sorry, I should I said players, but obviously with coach players of the year it could be shyer, yeah. 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 That's why I'm gonna go more. Okay, yeah, I'll go over. Yeah. yeah I think John wins coach of the year if this yep. plan plays out the way that we think that right. it should, then yep. yeah. Me too. And then I think you're going to get Mitchell on all defense, but probably Proctor too. So that puts you over it right there. Um, I don't think we get the defensive player of the year. That'll be I, good, most improved could happen, I guess. Um, we've got a bunch of freshmen returning. Um, yeah. Six man is a chance too. I don't think we get rookie of the year. Um, I'm sure there's somebody out there on one of the teams who's going to have a bigger role than Foster or McCain will. Sure. So, like, even Cadeau might have a better chance because yeah. he's going to have more on his plate, I think. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I probably would put it at, at least three. So I'll go over on that one as well. All right. Well, that's all I got there. I could have made, like, 30 more categories, but I figured <laughs> nobody wants to sit here and listen to us do this for an hour more. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's so I think I'd rather do these because they're a little more quick-hitting than, like, Right. Trying to guess like blocks and steals for each guy. It's like, all right, we kind of get lost in that stuff sometimes. But uh yeah. And some of that's so, so some of that's so contingent on like how much a player plays, like with freshmen and stuff like that. Like that's yeah. why I kind of stuck with the stats to the older players, because we know what kind of role they're gonna have, I think. Yeah. You know, um, versus like trying to predict Stewart's points per game. It's like 
total yeah. crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can go ahead and kind of wrap up and kind of transition out of here. Um, you know, we'll probably come back here in the next little bit because she's going to be at the, the exhibition again. Shu, who are we playing in that exhibition? Are you, you know yet? Uh, it- UNC Pembroke. UNC yep. Pembroke. Okay. And then the first game of the season is November 6th, I believe. Right. So we'll probably come back yep. after the exhibition. Um, this time you get a chance to be on press row while there's an actual team playing against Duke. So that's kind of cool. Uh, maybe we'll get some, some different scoops on, on, you know, what that's like going in the atmosphere. Um, so, you know, a little less secret than the other ones that we'll have a little bit more to talk about in that one. But uh, yeah, we didn't yeah. even mention the secret scrimmage, did we? Yeah, I think I may, maybe I talked about it at the top briefly, but, you know, we, we played Villanova, a lot of different reports coming out on that. So it seems like Duke played pretty well. From all accounts, it was a semi-close game for somewhere in the, the 10 to 12 points. Um, so the one thing that I saw that I'm hoping is, is sticks is that flip was awesome. So if that's true, then that's what I want to hear. Because um, he's going to be a problem, I think, for a lot of teams to match up with, especially at the five. So really excited to see what that looks like. But, um, you know, in, in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe. You can email us at thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com. You can find us on the boards at thedevilsden.com or on Twitter at devilsdenpod247. Um, season's right around the corner here, so we'll come back and recap the exhibition and uh, keep the faces strong in the verb high. Go do Switch them flips. Yeah, switch them flips. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.